Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. All right, so today on the show, we have Elizabeth Salamanca. She is a Bay Area-based hairstylist, business coach, and owner of Studio E Hair and Makeup. She believes in enhancing natural beauty, empowering creatives, collaboration, and building a brand that is authentically you. Elizabeth, thank you for being on today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I, I believe you're our first Bay Area hairstylist on really? Yeah, so tell us a little bit about how you got going in this industry because... So, oh man, my story. Okay. I So I knew I wanted to be a hairstylist when I was like 12 years old and my parents were not super duper thrilled about it. My mom, you know, kind of, she was less vocal about it, but my dad was like, you know, what do you mean? You're going to college and you're going to have a, you be a doctor or, you know, whatever. And so, um, I knew that I still wanted to be a hairstylist and I was like, I'm going to be the best hairstylist. (laughs) And so I pretty much did what they wanted me to do. I went through school, I went to college, I got a business degree and then straight from graduation, I went straight into, um, beauty school. And I went to a Paul Mitchell school down in Fresno because that's where my boyfriend at the time, now husband was finishing college. And I just thought, why not? I had been in Sacramento for a long time, so I wanted to change. And, uh, yeah, Fresno wasn't for me. No offense to anyone from Fresno. It just was not, the school wasn't what I had anticipated it to be. And it was just, there were lots of, there was some bullying going on. I kind of hate using that term bullying. I know, but I used it one day on my show. I was like, yeah, I'm going to use the B word. Some people get bullied, you know? And I just, I grew up with that, a lot of that. And, um, I was like, you know, I'm paying to be here and this is something that means a lot to me. And I just don't want to feel this way coming to school every day. So I decided to move back to the Bay area and I transferred to a Paul Mitchell school up here in San Francisco. And it was so amazing all the instructors were so amazing. Um, I'm still in contact with quite a few of them. And one of them ended up being kind of like a lifelong mentor of mine in the industry. And, um, but while I was at school, I just kind of realized I didn't think I wanted to work in a salon. I was like, that doesn't seem like it's for me. It seems stressful and boring, which is funny because it's what I do now. <laughs> we yeah. in the chair. But, um, so I went to an event, like a fundraising event where I met lots of other previous students. And one of them was working in LA as a, um, she was working on set for a production company for the Hallmark channel and Hallmark lifetime and spike TV, which at the time like was very, everyone was watching those channels. Right. And I'm like, Holy crap, this is what I want to do. This is totally what I want to do. So right after I graduated, I moved to LA and I was working with this production company like for free because I, I didn't know how it worked. There was no process. There was no like, here's your, here's my resume. Can we have an interview? Basically the key hairstylist had to kind of sign off on me being the person that was going to come in and take that assistant role because the assistant was going to move up to take the key hairstylist and makeup artist role. And after a couple of weeks of working for free, I'm thinking, okay, is this happening? Like what's going on? And the key hairstylist finally said, I don't think you're serious enough. And I was like, what? I just moved yeah. clear across the state. And, um, so really I think what happened was she was wanting to, to move on and join the union um, and get her union card, but it's really expensive to do that. It's like $6,000 or something like that. And, um, and then you're not really guaranteed work. You make more money once you get a job. But, um, this job that she was in currently with his production company, they were kind of going into production, making movies all the time. So I think she maybe got a little nervous and kind of used me as her scapegoat in a way. Right. right. So I was super bummed out. I was like, forget this. We're going back home. Like, I don't, this is ridiculous. And my 
boyfriend, you know, was like, well, you, we came all the way down here. Maybe there's something else you can do. And so I felt like super desperate and I was like, oh my gosh. So I called my old beauty school and they gave me the name and number of someone else, a previous graduate that, um, was working down in LA. They're like, she works at a salon, just call her up and see if they're hiring. So I do that. And she was so nice. And she was like, yeah, come down here tomorrow, bring your resume. Here's your, here's the address and ask for Bebet. I'm like, okay. Sounds like a fancy name, but okay. So, um, uh, Kyle and I, my boyfriend. Now it's funny calling him my boyfriend cause he's been my husband now for a long time, but it's just, you're <laughs> connected. You're bringing the view, the listener up to speed. Yes. So I that's good. And so we drive in and it's like, we're driving and we're driving. Okay. We live in the Valley. Like we lived in Burbank and we're driving and we're driving and it's like through, I don't even like all these trees. I'm like, where the hell are we even going? And so finally we come out and there's like the Beverly Hills sign. And I'm like, no shit. So wow. I, 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 yeah. So I, we pull up to, um, this super nice salon and I'm like, Oh God, you know, I'm in like, all I do, all I wear thrifted clothes. Like I have these beat up boots on. I mean, I looked, I don't know, very hairstyly. Yeah. You know, but it's like, this place is like high end. So I walk in my hair's all like, you know, funky from being in beauty school. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Hi. You know, I'm here to see Babette. And so she comes over and talks to me and takes my resume. And then she just passes me off to this guy, Batiste. I'm like, what is with these the names? names? I know. But he, his first name was Joe and there was already other Joes that worked there. So he was going by his last name. So anyway, we talk, we hit it off me and him. And I, he, he was like, okay, you know, I'll let you know. I have someone coming in for a working interview tomorrow, but I'll let you know. And I'm thinking, okay, like, bye. Yeah. And so by the time I had gotten home though, he called me and was like, can you come tomorrow? I canceled that other girl. So I was like, okay. So wow. I started working for him and assisting him. And I did that for about a year and a half. And I actually ended up learning a ton and he was also, he's now someone that I keep in contact with still. And that was 10 years ago. And, um, yeah, so he was super cool. His clients for the most part were super cool. Um, a lot of them drove in from other areas. So they weren't like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy and fancy. Don't get me wrong. But for me, you know, it was like, he always was always having to tell me when people ask you where, you know, your accessories or your clothes are from, like, tell them they're from a boutique somewhere. Don't tell them it's from a thrift store. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, don't be yourself. (laughs) Right. And then it was like people that worked there or even sometimes clients would come up to me and like pat me on the shoulder. Good for you. And I'm like, good for what? what? (laughs) And they're like, just for, you know, being you. And they kind of like look me up and down. I'm like, dang, I don't know if I can like handle this. So I I went home and I told Kyle, I need to go shopping, like a, a real store. And he's like, why? I was like, and I, I, I need to watch the Kardashians. There's this show. And like, my boss told me I need to watch it because it's like based here. And so he's all okay. And you know, it was, it was me trying to like fit into something that was never going to happen. And once I kind of realized that and realized that maybe I was going to be in a salon setting, I was, I, I just said, you know, I don't want to be down here not feeling like I can be myself and so far away from, you know, all of our family and friends. So we both agreed that it was for the best to move back home. So about a year and a half after we moved to LA, we packed up all our shit. We came home and I started working at a salon out in the city in San Francisco. And it was a commission salon and it was the, this was, um, a Paul Mitchell salon that had, um, one of the instructors from my beauty school worked there. So I had another really great mentor, which was awesome. And, um, but I was only there for about a year because it was hard. I was living at home, which is about 40 miles or so, 30 to 40 miles away from the city. And I was commuting it every day and it sucked really bad. And, um, I wasn't making enough money to move to the city. So I was feeling super kind of sad and uninspired and unmotivated. So I quit my job and, um, 
my parents were like, well, you can't live here as a full blown adult, not have a job. Right. So, um, so I just decided some of my friends that were hairstylists here in town worked at the salon here in town. And I'm like, I guess I'll just go work with them. At least I'll know people. And so I got a job at a salon here in Livermore and, um, I was on commission and then I wanted to rent. So about a year later I had a full clientele. Everything was going really well. Um, I was actually pretty happy being here in town. Like I guess I just never gave it a chance in my mind cause I never anticipated actually living here as an adult cause it was so boring when I was a kid. But, um, now here I am eight years later and I own my own studio and I'm getting into, um, educating and it's been kind of like a super wild ride and not at all how I anticipated it to work out. Yeah. And it sounds like you maybe had to leave to appreciate it as far as like being in those big salons and coming back. Did you feel like you, you kind of came back to who you actually were? Yes. Yeah, I did. And what's funny is the, the first salon I worked at here in town, it was also a really big salon. It was like, I don't know, 15 ish hairstylists. Right. And it's, you know, funny how it worked out because the owner kind of changed her business plan. So she wanted me to stay on commission. She was no longer offering like traditional booth rental to, to new anyone new anymore. So I was, I'm a pretty like open and honest person just in general. So she knew what my goals were. So when she said that, you know, I was like, I'll think about it, but just so you know, like my goals haven't changed and I still really do want to rent my own station. And so when I did leave, it was on good terms because I don't like bad terms. Right. <laughs> and, um, and it, and it did feel, it felt less forced than the previous salons, but there was still, there were a lot of girls there the same age as me. So there was a lot of, um, like there wasn't a ton of drama. There definitely was some drama, but it was a lot of like comparison and competing. And I just didn't like that vibe. So when I left, um, I just looked around town and at the time there weren't that many salons to choose from. Cause again, this was like eight, seven years ago. And, um, so I ended up at this, this salon that's in this big old Victorian house. And I was the youngest stylist there by like 15 years. Like all the other ladies were much older than me. They all had at least like teenage kids to adult children. Some of them were grandmas. And, um, it's just hilarious because I was there for five and a half years and it was great. My clients were like, I love this place. It's so cute. And the vibe is so chill and everyone's nice. And, um, so I was there when, right after I got married and then while I was pregnant, when I had my son, um, when I was going through postpartum depression, after I had my son, I was at this place. So it was definitely kind of this healing energy for me being there. But what's interesting is once I was starting to heal from my like depression after having my kid, it was like, all of a sudden I was ready for more in my business because I was no longer just needing like a safe place, I guess. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because when I went, left the big salon, and I went to the second salon, I felt like a wounded bird. And then like, I nursed myself back to health. And then I felt like when I went to leave there, I was like supercharged and was like, okay, no, I want more. But for a while, like when I went there, my whole thing was like, I just want to go here. And I want to just be and I want to just do hair and that's all I really want. I want to get married and I want to just like because I was in the process of getting married and it, I was like this is enough for me. But really it was like a healing step in my journey of moving on. And it's like you look back at it and you're like that was so a part of the plan. It was not the destination, but it was a part of the journey. 
Totally. And, you know, when I was getting ready to leave this salon that I had been at for so long, it was like, I just felt, I, well, this is also my personality. I feel guilty when I feel like someone's going to be having anything, but like a positive reaction to whatever I'm going to do or say. And, um, I just kept telling Kyle, like, but I just, there's no reason. What am I supposed to say when I tell her I'm leaving? He's like, well, you don't have to tell her anything. I'm like, I know, but you know, I mean, this woman, the owner of that salon, she's so great. And she's actually our landlord also, which is kind of funny, but again, a great reason to keep it on good terms. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, when I told her, she, she just kind of knew she was like, her response was, let me know if you need anything. She's like, I have a lot of experience. And if you need anything, just let me know. Cause she kind of knew that I was probably going to go do something more than what I was doing there. Yeah. And what's interesting is when I left that salon, I did go into another salon and it was kind of like a, it had been bought and renovated by a new owner. So the space had always been downtown, but it was never what it is, what she turned it into. It was like this very trendy, super cute, um, big, bright salon. And it attracted a lot of, you know, um, I don't, it was like a perfect Instagram salon. (laughs) And so when I moved there, I wasn't really sure what was drawing me there beside the aesthetic, of course, which is a kind of a silly reason to move salons. I think we've all been there. Yeah. But I just felt like this could open up doors for me that maybe weren't going to be opened up if I stayed where I was. So I went into this new salon. It was the rent was higher, you know, everything was a little bit like a step up. So I just knew I had to kind of step it up myself and my kid was a little bit older. So I had a little bit more time, you know, he was in school at this time. So I, I knew I could focus a little bit more on my business and give it more time. So I stepped up my Instagram game. I started posting a lot more like before and after photos and like tutorials and things like that. And that's when I really started seeing a lot of growth and kind of across the board, me as an artist, me as a business owner, my Instagram following my client base shifted because before this, my client base was like over 40 year olds. Right. You know, and then this, I'm now at this kind of cute, trendy place and it's drawing the attention of a, I guess a younger crowd, but, but more like a, a crowd that looked for, that was part of what they wanted in their salon experience was to be in a space that felt really good. Right. Where they enjoyed looking around at the decor and like, it made them feel more at ease and more taken care of. And so I had tons of people that found me through Instagram, but also just walking past the salon or finding them on Yelp or something like that. So, um, I became, I started getting like tons of new color clients. I call them specialty colors because it's basically anything outside of a traditional foil highlight, essentially. Um, and that really is what kind of catapulted my business into being what it is now. Yeah. So what is it now? Like, what is your salon like your studio? Like what is the vibe of it now after all of those different experiences? Oh man. So I, when I, what, again, with the funny universe working in ways, um, when I decided I had to leave the big, the salon I was at, it was two years ago. Um, I had gotten like super sick, like physically ill. I was having all these really weird symptoms and the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. They were assuming it was an autoimmune issue because I've had that in the past. So they recommended to me to quit my job because all of the chemicals was probably contributing to my not feeling well. And, um, so I was kind of ready to do that. And I was like, you know, maybe this just isn't right for me. Cause I've, and at the time I wasn't having drama with anyone at the salon, but I was, 
I'm, I always end up feeling like the oddball, the one kind of like on the outskirts looking in at everyone else, like getting along and having fun and connecting with each other. And the only time I hadn't felt that way was when I was working with all the older women. And, um, so I told Kyle, I was like, maybe this just really isn't the right career for me. Maybe I've been trying really hard to make it work and it's just not going to work. And he is so supportive and was like, whatever you want to do, I think you should do. And I, I'm totally supportive of it, but maybe you just, it's time for you to maybe do something on your own. And I'm like, on my own. He's like, you yeah. this is all you've talked about ever since you were 12. What the, the plan, the whole plan, you know, I want to have my own place. I want to bring who I am to the salon and have people who are the same be there. He's like, you know, like total control. And I was like, well, that's okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, um, so it kind of planted a seed, but I'm like, but how am I going to do that? I don't feel good. You know, I was having migraines. I had like, it was just bad. And, um, so literally as I'm sick, I, so I, I get, um, super, super sick and I'm coming off of like a 10 day stretch of, I get canker sores in my throat. Wow. Yeah. It's really bad. I can't like talk or eat anything. And so I'm coming off of like a bad, a flare up, I guess you could call it. And as I'm deciding that I, I definitely want to leave the salon cause I can't live like this anymore. Right. I go on Instagram and I see that there's a Phoenix salon suites opening that week in town. So I'm like, Holy crap. So I tell my husband, I'm like, I'm going to go. It's like the off. sign you were looking for. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay. So he's like, that's freaking awesome. So I go and I check it out. It's so much more expensive than what I'm what, what I was paying. And I was like, oh God, you know, this is going to be rough. And I'm always cautious. Like I'm a very cautious. I like all my ducks in a row before I jump into anything. And, um, I'm like, but. I have to know, like, I have to tell them now, like there's people coming in every day looking at these suites and I have to tell them like, like by tomorrow, he's like, well, I think, you know, the answer I was like, I think I do too, but like, it's scary. And he is really good at talking me off the ledge. So basically within 24 hours, I quit my job and told this, the owner of salon or of Phoenix that I was going to take this suite. And so I had two weeks to transition and I wasn't feeling well. So I was like, you know, adding more stress to my plate is probably not helpful. But what's interesting is I haven't had a flare up since I moved. Wow. Yeah, and the, thing, the thing I say too, as I was thinking about when you were talking, when I was moving the last time, I kept saying to myself like a mantra, freedom isn't free freedom isn't free and thinking about the costs of things like and it's not like it's always big costs but when you're in one of those seasons of like spending a lot Uh I just kept thinking freedom isn't free freedom isn't free (laughs) that's so good and it's true and it was just you know I once so so to answer your question sorry about what my studio is like now um it was really important for me to have a space where kind of everything about it had my mark on it, I guess, you know, um, people have said like my clients and stuff, when they come in, they're like, I just love being here. Like the vibe in here is so great. Like I just leave feeling lighter and I'm like, that's freaking awesome. That's exactly what I could have ever, ever hoped for and wanted. So being able to finally feel super comfortable just doing things my way. Um, I mean, decorating how I want. Sure. It's nice, but really being able to brand myself under my own name, instead of trying to fit whosoever name I was under has been really, um, it's just been really awesome for my, for my business, for just me in general. It gives me I'm sure you feel the same way, like so much more purpose. And like you have, um, I don't know, just more in at stake. Like you're super, you're just totally invested. Yeah. It's, it's also like 
cool to watch how it, it kind of creates personal development because you're stepping into yourself more and stepping into like owning it and owning your choices and your decisions. But then I feel like any work that you do on yourself outside of the salon, it really just parlays. I don't know which one starts first, but it's like a, it's a really cool circle because before I feel like when you have a partner or you're working for a salon or you have like someone you're renting from, you still kind of use them. I feel like I kind of had a crutch. Like I'd be like, well, I don't pick the music. You know, like, like Risa picks the music and she's the music person. She's good at music. And I remember having this genuine concern about like what music I was going to play. And I realized like, Lindsay, you listen to Spotify mixes all day, like on your own time, like just put one of those on. And like people honestly will say to me, like, I love the music you play here. And I feel like it's just confirmation of like, every time you're afraid to do the thing that you think you're not good at, like fear is just like, you know, I've heard it said before, you know, like, but like the closer you get, it gets smaller. And it's like being afraid of the music and now having it be something people compliment. It's just like that confirmation of like, yeah, like I'm not wrong that I like country music, sprinkle it in, you know, like that's part of who I am. And I think I definitely like held back parts of myself because I think, you know, you want to be liked. you don't, like you say, you don't want anything you do to inconvenience anyone. Like be really inconvenient for someone after your country music, if they don't like it. Whereas now I'm like, there's a dog here, get on board or get out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So what does that look like for you? Like, as you've gotten in your space, like, what does it look like for you to like step into all of who you are? Because I definitely agree. Like we're both Enneagram twos Mm -hmm. and I definitely have always felt like everyone else is better friends than me. And just kind of, and I think I've stepped into being like, I really am a solopreneur. I really am someone that wants to be kind of independent on my own, but also I want to be interconnected with people, but I've never connected the way that I saw people in traditional salons. I never felt like I found my tribe in the traditional salons. Totally. I mean, that's me exactly like a hundred percent. And it just always felt like, like for some reason watching the bachelor comes up a lot and I, I never have like truly, I've never seen an episode yeah, I don't watch it either, but people do talk about it a lot. I think it would help my career path if I watched <laughs> I it. I know, same. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'll watch some Vanderpump Rules or occasionally like an episode of Housewives or something if I catch it on. Right. But I mean, for, I think for how you and I are, at least, I guess I should only speak for myself, but it's like, we almost take that on also. So like watching dramatic television can sometimes even be too much for me. Well, yeah, I watched Living Undocumented and I'm, I was, I was bawling and I, I'm so affected by things yeah. that I really have to be careful of like what I'm taking in, yeah. what I'm even just like energetically, like, I know we've talked in other episodes about like just having it bounce off me and be like, and just listen. And like my therapist said to me last week, like, what would it look like if you, do you feel a moral obligation to like share what's happening for you? Or like, could you just listen? And I've literally been like, could I just listen? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> something I'm still figuring out. <laughs> yes. Cause I mean, okay. So, so your question was how has it felt kind of becoming really having myself show up in my business? Yeah. And it's, you used the term or you called something your awakening recently or in an episode I was listening to one of your past episodes. And that's what I literally just called what I'm going through the other day. I was like, this is like my awakening. And it's funny because I always prided myself on being this like tough bitch, you know, like don't fuck with me. Not, not like in a, I'm going to get you kind of way, but I have a literally uh, a a thing on my desk that says, fuck with me. I dare you. And I feel like that's not really me anymore, but like my mom got me this for Christmas. So it just shows, it's kind of, I feel like the same thing you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's like people like would know, like, don't, don't hug her. her. (laughs) She doesn't need a hug. And like my husband has said to me in the past, like, I know that you don't need me. So it makes me feel really good that like you still chose me. I love that. And it's like, well, that's, I mean, it, it all, I wasn't sure, should that make me feel sad or bad? You know, I was like, man, that doesn't really sound great. But for a long time, because of everything I went through growing up, 
I was kicked out of friends groups and, you know, just told I was like lame and dumb and stupid and fat and like all this stuff. And as it, it, it made me like I became this tough person, at least on the outside. Yeah. To keep yourself safe. Yeah. And so then it was almost like, as I got older and then into adulthood, it's like, well, was I just, did I just have this wall and wasn't allowing myself to get in with these groups of people? Or was it really, really them that wasn't letting me in? I don't know. But once I realized I needed to not worry about it so much because people that are right for you will be in your life period, though, it'll, the universe figures out a way to make that happen. I just felt a lot better. And when, like I mentioned earlier, having postpartum depression after my son, it made me really look at myself and like have to do a lot of inner work and inner dialogue. And I started almost getting to know myself in a way that I hadn't paid attention in a long time. And it's like now, even though I don't really feel like I've come, I don't think you ever come to the end of figuring out who you are, what you're about. Right. But you know, I still feel like I'm kind of in the beginning stages of it that I just want people to feel how I never really felt. So I want people that come see me at the studio to just feel like they belong there and that the energy is good and I'm here to help them and connect with them and whatever that might mean. You know, it's like, yeah, we're, we're I'm just doing their hair, but it becomes so much more than that because they're able to connect with you through this kind of personal experience. Yeah. I love that. And I was thinking as you were talking about the same thing, like that hard exterior, like that people see when they see someone, like I've had the analogy lately, like I love animals and they were, I was saying, I'm like, I had watched the documentary of Michael Vick's dogs and mm-hmm. they said his, I said, I'm like Michael Vick's champion fighting dog. It's actually the most sensitive dog, the dog that wanted to please people the yeah. most that wanted his owner to be happy. So like, he looks like, like he was the most fierce one, but really he was the most sensitive. And because he craved love and so much, he became this like vicious animal to, yeah. to please someone. And I feel like like for me, like, I feel like I'm like that because I feel like I'm very sensitive and I'm very like affected by things. But I feel for a long time, like people, what you're saying, like she's not a hugger or, you know, and it's like, I, I like hugs from people when they're genuine. And yes. like, I don't understand why, because I didn't hug you one time that I'm like a non hugger. And we mention that every time we see me. Yeah. I, I just, I just, I, I feel like a lot of times I was very misunderstood for who I actually was because I was showing up in a way as a reaction to something, but really, and that's where, like, I feel like, like you're saying, unraveling and doing that work and being like, wow, I actually showed up in a very reactive way instead of responding and being and letting, you know, like I used to enter the room with my humor first. So no one had to like feel anything or be uncomfortable. Whereas now I can walk into a room and be like, hi, nice to meet you. And my humor doesn't like bitch slap you in the face. You know, it comes later. (laughs) Yeah. That's so, I mean, I don't, it's like you're taking words right out of (laughs) my brain, which is crazy because I feel like I, I almost maybe have never even met anybody, but yeah, it's like so hard. Also, I think to meet other people who are kind of that, I think a lot of people do put up a tough exterior, but in the ways that we're talking right now and explaining how it's happened for us, I think is kind of a unique circumstance and, and being so reactive my whole life, like you were just saying has been, that has been probably the hardest, but most natural thing to kind of let go of. And it's It's exhausting. It's so exhausting. I mean, I used to be, God, I was so, Ugh, it's embarrassing, but yeah, so quick to jump in people's shit. I mean, and start swimming in it. Yes. Backstroking. Yeah. Yeah, It's bizarre. I mean, it was, and I mean, so right before, um, when was this, when we were leaving LA, I think it was all kind of coming to a head. Cause that was when I got in like the most trouble and did the most like kind of fucked up things. And because I was like, just 
I was, I didn't feel Treading water, middle, but yes. And you know, I even, so I ended up, I broke up with my then boyfriend because I was so sure that marriage and kids, not for me. Nope. That's not for me. I'm going to do my own thing and that's just going to be it. And it was, it's like hard to talk about because now I'm married to that person and I can't even imagine, I cannot even imagine not being. And we've, so we've been together a long time. We got together in high school. So it's been 17 years. Wow. Yeah. So this, I mean, he knows me better than almost anybody, you know? And, uh, so he put up, put, put up a good fight, but ultimately of course was like, okay, that's fine, but I'm just going to wait because he wow. knew that wasn't real. Yeah. I, I say it a lot. Like what's for you doesn't pass you. Like, and I made up a quote that said, you know, it might go out to sea, but if it's meant for you, it comes back to shore. And right. That, that is awesome. And so it, I mean, I was so sure I was so sure, but I think I was just scared. Like, yeah, I was going to say, what do you think that was? I just was sure that he, there's no way anyone would actually really want to marry me. I guess. I don't know. I'm still not sure what that was about. Yeah. I sometimes wonder too, for me, like I'm the same way. Like I'm like, now I can like picture having a family or I can picture this stuff. Whereas like, it was always just a pretend thing in the future, but I really kind of think I had like my identity was like, I'm going to be this colorist with like clips on her sleeve. And like, I'm just going to have this like kick-ass career. And like, I won't like in my, I think I was very attached to this identity that wasn't in happiness. It was just like, it looked really good. Yes. I was like, I'm going to live in like the coolest freaking loft apartment with the coolest dog. And it's just going to be me and my dog and my fucking bomb ass career. And that's just going to be it. And it's like, Ooh, I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. Or you could just be happy. Yeah, exactly. And then the other stuff that's for you. And, and even like, even like having you on the show today, it's like, I just felt like, you know, I feel drawn to her. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's like the universe. And just like, I mean, I'm never going to be like a really woo woo person, but it's a part of me now. Like it's never been. And I'm like, I believe that like when you're open to things, like the right things come and they're easy. Not yeah. like everything's easy cause you're doing it right. But like, you know, like there's, it's still work, but, yeah. but that's crazy. And so how has like being a mom and stuff affected, like how you run your business? And like, you said, you can't imagine your life without these people, but what is it like? So what is it like, like to, to think about like, had I not listened to my heart, I would have not had any of this. Like what's that look feel like? Well, it's really fucking weird. I'll say that Yeah. because I always thought I was doing the most with my business. Like I'm kicking ass. I'm doing everything I could possibly ever do. And then you have, I have a kid and I'm like, um, what the hell? Nothing is the same or going to be the same. And, and my son, you know, he comes up on my stories a lot cause he's a funny little guy, but he's also like tough. I mean, he's so tough and he, as a baby was like he, a terrible sleeper. He was colicky. He had reflux. He had all these things. And my husband at the time was a firefighter. So he was gone. He worked for the state and he was gone for like days to weeks at a time for months. And so I'm home with this baby who I'm, I'm like, so sure hates my guts because he won't stop crying. And it's like, I, I had a pretty traumatic delivery, like labor with him. So I'm like healing up physically. And then mentally it's like, uh, what, what was I thinking? Why did I do this? Why I shouldn't have been a mom. I'm only meant to work. I'm not meant to do this stuff. (sighs) And thinking back on it now, like makes me so sad because that was everything leading up to that point in my life that, I mean, all the, that was everything. It made sense why I would say that. Cause it's almost like my, my like heart wasn't prepared 
my spirit mm-hmm. wasn't prepared. It's like, I had everything going, like I'm brain, like what do they call it? Head focused in my business and in life. It was like, if I can just tell myself all these things, then it'll be fine. But you have to align yourself also with your heart and your center. And like some things don't have, you can't put pen to paper for certain things. Not everything is meant to work out on paper or in words. And I just was so hard on myself because I had been so hard on myself for my whole life leading up to then. And it's like, because I had him and had this realization. And even though I had to go through the hardest shit I've ever had to go through in my whole life, coming to come through that and to be where I am now would have, it would have never happened. I wouldn't be where I am now. I maybe would be, maybe I'd be as quote successful behind the chair. Maybe I'd be making the same like money or some, you know, like something like that, but it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am to be able to share with other people or connect with other people in the way that I can now. So do you feel like he just broke your heart wide open? Yes. And it's so funny because before having him, it was like, I'm not going to be, I never thought I'd be that mom that was like, my baby changed everything for me because it was so hard. I was like, I'll never be able to look back at that time and think anything positive about it besides the fact that he was my son and I loved him. But now I can see through all of that hurt and anger and just like all those negative feelings because he, I, you know, was my teacher, I guess. I mean, I heard mom say that before, like, he's my greatest teacher. I'm like, blah, barf, whatever. But it's true. I mean, it's like stars align when you have children. Well, I don't know if you saw what I posted today, but I shared this quote and I'm going to read it because it's exactly what you're saying. And I think whether people have kids or went through a hard time that like this quote really is, it says, there will be a time not so far from now that you will look back on this phase of your life. And instead of condemning it or beating up on it, instead of blaming or guilting, you will feel appreciation for it because you will understand that a renewed desire for life was born out of of this time period that will bring you to physical heights that you could not have achieved without the contrast that the birth to this desire. Mm. And I feel like, wow, like that's like, like you can look back on things that were just terrible in the moment, but there's such an appreciation for like where it brings you today and the appreciation you have for what it did in your life, whether it broke you open or broke you down or dropped you on concrete hard. But on the other side of it, you're like, what a wake up. Like you said, a wake up, you know, like an awakening you're having now on the other side of like difficult time. Yeah. And it's funny too, being a mom, it's not like, I mean, things for us have gotten a little easier because he does for the most part sleep now all night long. He's four and he finally sleeps all night long. Most of the time. Um, but really it's not that it really gets any easier. I think we just learn better ways of handling things, you know, and, and different things are easy for different people. Like straight out the gate, I was like, this is, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Whereas the baby phase for my husband was when Leo was a baby, Kyle's like, I need 10 of these like, I need a tribe of babies. I want them all. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, like no. have you seen your wife lately? Yeah. You know, he was just so enamored and enthralled and like in love with Leo as a baby. He just, oh my God, loved it. Whereas I'm like, I can't wait for this kid to be walking, talking and wiping his own butt. And yeah. so, but then once Leo got older, was walking and talking, definitely not wiping his own butt, but you know, Kyle, that's when Kyle kind of hit his bumps in the road where he's like, this is too hard. Like I, this is so hard. And so it was good for us to hit it at different phases because we could support each other during those times. But I think all parents and especially working parents and, you know, I'm going to say moms because that's just where I'm at and who I talk to the most. I think we all probably go through 
these times, these seasons of, can I do this? Should I have ever signed up for this? Like, am I doing a good job? But yeah, what that, which is why it's so important to always, for me, having my business to remind me that I was good at something to remind me that people did kind of need me or, you know, enjoy my company. It, it kept me going. And I think if I didn't have that, I don't know how I would have felt or how long it would have taken me to feel better, but showing up on my business after having Leo may, it, it shifted so much in me that I must, I knew, I, I know I showed up differently after that. I am like so much less judgmental. I am so much more open. I mean, people do say a lot. Thanks for sharing so much because it made me think about my circumstances or it makes sometimes just responding. Like I I put a lot of these thoughts and stuff up on Instagram and just going through the comments and reading everyone's little blurb of their backstory or how they've overcome things. I know it makes me feel good and connected and supported reading through those and other people have said that it does the same for them. So for me, it just kind of tied everything together that I always knew I wanted for my business. It kind of aligned everything. It was like that last piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And I've heard it said, like when you show up, like as the big you that you are, then it kind of like attracts the right people and kind of repels people that are like, Oh, that's weird that she would share that. It's like, it's not for you then. And that's totally cool. And like, I think like that's been true in my business. Cause if I think about the people that my business attracts now, it's people that are like, that's so cool that you're doing that. And like, they're drawn to the person I show up as today, which is more open, more real, more of who I am. And it feels like I don't find that I, I come in contact with as many, with as many people I struggle with. Right. And it's interesting too, cause I've probably lost more clients in the last, I don't know, maybe two months or so than I probably have in like my whole career here and working here in town. And it, not, it wasn't necessarily a lot, but it was probably like four or five people. And I was start the, and most recently it was like a week ago when the last person just straight fired me, like almost to my face. And it was like, whole character building in that. Yeah. So, I mean, I came home and it's like, okay, well, I'm not crying. So that's an improvement, (laughs) you know, and I'm like trying, I'm going over it. And I'm just so, I was like, so thrown because to me, it just totally came out of like left field. And she was so like mad and like just her, her energy just through the phone was even like, well, I, not good. And so Kyle says, well, I mean, you talk about this a lot. So I'm going to ask you, was she your dream client? I'm oh like, my God. I love your husband. I <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, I guess not. And he's like, well, then I guess I wouldn't worry about it too much. Drop the microphone, Kyle. I was like, geez, you know, like he goes, well, I mean, this is what you're, you, you know, you're preaching, right? Like attract people who are meant for you and repel the ones who aren't. That's what's happening. It's like naturally taking place in your business as we speak. So you're telling everyone else, like, don't be afraid. It's for the better. You're, you say a lot, you're in it for the, the long game, right? Mm-hmm. I heard you say, yeah. And it's true. He's like, sure. Short term, they're coming in you know, you're getting paid, you're doing work that you like to do, but really in the long run, these people clearly are not the ones who are going to support what you're really about. So it's better they leave now than waste any more time having them fill space where there could be someone else way better suited. God, I love that. And it's like, I'm like, maybe you need to come teach my classes, you know? (laughs) Well, there is something to be said for having a supportive partner, like doing what we do. It's amazing. Like, it's like they kind of, it's almost like 
I've said like, sometimes your clients remind you who you are, but sometimes like your significant other reminds you who you are. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I am the kind of gal that doesn't let that get under my skin. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> it's true. Cause it's the things we tell ourselves are so much different than anything we would say to anybody else. A lot of the time we're right. so, I mean, I know for me, like I'm so hard on myself. I recently just took a um, like this assessment, a friend of mine that I'm actually doing a workshop with, she, her name's Mary and she does these, um, she's like a stress management coach and she gives you these assessments that, that, you know, you take this quiz and it's almost like a, like the Enneagram or those personality type tests, but it's stress related. And I, so I came up really high on rumination which is basically reflecting on the past or the future, but in a negative, like with a negative connotation and perfect perfectionist control, perfect control. I can't remember what it was called, but it was essentially like perfectionism. And I've always hated that word. And clearly it's because I knew I had a problem, but I didn't like wanted to admit it because to me scaling back on, on like, you know, how I did things or the standard that I put myself to meant that I wouldn't be doing my best work. And that's not true. It's like giving yourselves breaks and grace and kindness are, are, that's what helps you move forward and through things. I mean, I was always, I was so stuck. Like I would sit down in front of my computer. I knew I had work to do, but it was like, but what, what is it? Like, what do I need to do? Cause there was, I was too, afraid of failing or doing it wrong or, you know, not doing it good enough. And once I kind of saw this on paper, right. Where it was like, Oh yeah. Okay. That is me. That is something that I need to work on. Now, when it comes up, I'm able to look at it, recognize it and go, okay. So maybe right now isn't a great time to try to work. Or maybe right now I need to just sit down and write a list of all the things I think I should do and then look at that list and realize three quarters of them don't even matter right now. So it's helped me focus. And it's also with the ruminating, I didn't even know I was doing that, but I can turn any situation in my mind negative, which is so not me as a person, I'm like, man, am I like a negative person? Am I thinking like this about everything? No. But for some reason, like say I laid down in bed at night and reflecting on the day, all of a sudden, everything I did was like really terrible or not, not good enough. And it's like, Whoa, okay. I need to definitely change that. Maybe that's a good point. Cause you can be someone who outwardly isn't isn't hard on other people or, you know, like see is positive in so many ways, but then you don't give yourself that same treatment. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who wants to keep following along with you? www.elizabethsalamanca.com. And, um, I, and so there's information on all the classes and like coaching that I offer. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I had apparently a lot to say, you know, (laughs) it's like, I was always like, what am I going to say? I loved it. Yeah, no problem.